everybody. Welcome back to Podmas of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine. We're on episode four. So here is part two of New Age Spirituality, part one from our last episode yesterday. I um, left off by saying the devil isn't real, right? This was a phrase um, that I, or a statement really, that rubbed me the wrong way when I was attending one of these spiritual guru, uh, tarot reader, guide, Reiki practitioner person on um, her Instagram live. And one of the things that she was saying was that the devil isn't real. The devil isn't real. (laughs) Plot twist. And she was saying it so matter of factly. And I just could not comprehend. I could not digest the words and really let it sit with me because that's that's the lie. That's a lie. To say that the devil isn't real is to say that um pretty much God isn't real, right? I, I I'm not saying God and the devil is the same, but what I'm my point is where there's good, there is evil. Where there is positive thoughts, there's negative thoughts. And so it is normal to naturally assume that the devil is real. Her point and her basis was um, the Bible doesn't say the the word or the name devil specifically. And she, she can't reference any biblical scripture that uses the word devil. Now, I look, as much as I know the word, um, I couldn't contest her on that just because maybe, maybe she's right. You know, maybe I missed something and I just assumed that the, the devil um, was used in the, in the Bible, is used in the Bible, but it's not. Um, I'm assuming she's right, but who knows? I could be wrong. Um, she could be wrong. The point is maybe the term devil isn't used, but the term Satan is, right? Um, Lucifer is used. Like these are all synonymous to the same thing. So I think she, in this case, she was being technical for her own benefit, for her own gain, for us to dismiss the reality of the devil. And look, I don't want to scare people. I really don't like the fear-mongering that sometimes Christianity provokes. But look, we have to call a spade a spade. Evil is real, okay? Like whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to think positive thoughts all the time or, you know, only think good because good will happen to you, you could think good as much as you want and bad could still happen to you, right? Bad things could still occur in your life. You could wake up with the best intentions. Doesn't mean that what you will encounter that day will always be positive. The only thing that you could do is best manage your own reaction. The only thing that you could do is manage the way you behave, the way you process, the way you think about things, but you cannot prevent negativity in life. You just, you just can't, you can't think it away. You can't do a a, a sacred ritual. I mean, maybe you can, but in, in the essence of that, that's not operating in reality. And a lot of times with these, um, new age spiritualists, they like to operate in a sense where is only love and light. Think positive, 
be positive, then life will be positive. And the problem with that is it is very dismissive and it's untrue. That's just what it is. It's not real. You're living in la la land is delusional. So I, you know, I just could not, I could not agree with this statement. And I remember uh, responding because a lot of people, a couple of people were confirming, well, affirming what she was saying, like, yep, the devil isn't real. You know, this was um, basically uh, the, the colonizer's way of putting fear into us. And this was just a religious tactic done in Christianity to make us you stay in line and get in line and not, you know, disobey Massa. <sighs> and here's the thing with that. I, I, you know, there is an argument to be made when we think about how Christianity was put upon our ancestors and that's wrong, right? It's never okay to push down one's religious beliefs upon someone else. You know, everyone should has the everyone should have the freedom, the the willpower, the liberation to believe and worship however they feel. The problem is with this excuse that people use, they use it for any and every benefit, and it does not solidify the reality of what things are. We can't blame the colonizer for creating the devil. The devil is a real thing. However you want to call him, if you want to call him the enemy, you know, a lot of Christians do say the enemy, and that's fine. The, The point is, she was being so technical by saying the devil isn't real. And I remember not being in alignment with it. And I was just like kind of questioning it. But I was trying to, you know, not be disrespectful because I am a guest on her IG live. And I did not want to, you know, just mess up her order, her preparation for her service. Right. But um, there was someone in the live who was reading what I was saying and wanted to further clarify what this person meant by this statement of the devil not being real. And she was, of course, in the side of supporting this statement. And um, I was like, she was like, well, I would love to talk to you about this. I'm like, okay, sure. I would love to have this conversation because I am not in alignment with it. And I just want to understand it better. You know, whether I agree with you or not, I just want to understand it. So tell me why I'm going through, and I don't know if this is me being like, thinking too much. Okay. Okay. I I do. I could, I find it. I just thought I couldn't find it anymore. I'm thinking like, Hmm, maybe that's the devil, right? (laughs) Okay. So she goes on to say, you know, I would love to discuss the no devil statement. I'm like, yeah, sure. I would love to discuss that with you. So she, I'm just going to try my best to paraphrase it, but I want to read exactly what she says at the same time. So here, here we go. She says this, I feel like you were correct about the notion of the devil being a spirit. However, the devil has been personified for the sake of conveying a message. As children or people newly understanding a concept, we use analogies. As we grow and develop our spiritual faith, we recognize as children of the creator, we create values and ways of thinking that aren't God-like. So the devil is an earth or a personified concept and in essence, not real. Now, I don't know if she thought I was a child. I don't know if she thought I was this uneducated bimbo. 
but this is fucking bullshit, right? This is just bullshit, right? Um, this is bullshit because obviously, right, as children or just as learners of something new, you are given allegories, parables, um, analogies to further understand a concept. But the thing is with this concept, the devil isn't a concept. To to say that the devil isn't real, it dismisses the demonic forces that are spiritually present in our lives, honestly. To say the devil isn't real dismisses the spiritual attack that many people, Christian or not, go through on a somewhat normal basis. So to say the devil isn't real is what? You, you trying to tell me, oh, this is a made-up concept the, the colonizer used? Like, girl, what are you talking about? So she's saying, you know, I feel like, she, you know, she, her agreeing with the notion of the devil. Like, we're using these words, right? The notion of the devil, the concept. Of the, these aren't ideas, <laughs> Like, what, what are we doing? The devil isn't an idea. This, is, this isn't a thought that I just created from a storyline. This is an actual being, you know? This is a spirit, right? Just, ha- just as we have the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, we have the, the um, demonic spirit, the evil spirit, and that is the devil, Lucifer, Satan, however you want to call him, these are his names. Um, the God of the world, I think that's um, what he's also called too, because he is the ruler of the world or here on earth, you know, the secular world. So the point is to deny his existence is actually demonic. <laughs> if you want to, and look, I'm not trying to be extra like wooey wooey, you know, but I just want to state facts. And look, this is not, I, you know, I, I try to be sensitive to everyone's position in life because not everyone is spiritual, is connected to God. You know, I have some people in my life who are atheists and um, some people in my life who don't believe in Christ and I still like you, right? Nothing about my stance and my faith makes me like you less. I mean, it just makes me not necessarily want to be with you in a romantic setting long term. But as far as friendship, as far as just common, you know, camaraderie, you know, with you, that is still present. And that's something that I still like to maintain in relationships in which people who may not have the same belief system as me. And that's fine. I think that's the world that we live in and that's okay. You could be friends with anybody. Um, but as far as um, committing to someone long-term, whether it's marriage or just um, the concept of a monogamous relationship, some things just have to be in the same alignment, right? So when I'm saying all this, it's to, it's to say that when we are dismissing the actual existence of the devil, it's actually... A, a ploy of the devil <laughs> like it's it's really straight up like that it's actually a ploy of the devil and when i think about the new age spiritual movement a lot of times they are 
not giving credit where credit is due. Like we have to give credit to the devil at, at some point. We have to recognize, oh, this is the workings of the the the, the um the, the enemy, the, the evil side, the, the other side. You know, we have to recognize when things are not of light and are of darkness. And so once we do, we can better combat those forces through the blood blood of Jesus Christ. But the point is, we need to be more honest with this. So when she was saying this, I'm just reading, I'm just like reading, you know, like I said before, I am curious as fuck. I just want to understand or just grasp your concept on this topic because this is um, fascinating to me. It's fascinating because I never heard, no one's ever said that to me, y'all. No one's ever said the devil isn't real. I've come across many people. Um, I haven't come across a lot of atheists, so maybe atheists do say that. But as far as uh, just regular folks, whether you are a a Bible-belting Christian, whether you are um, another practicing faith uh, person, whether you are just a sometimes-y Christian, you go to church, you know, every other a year, you know, whatever suits your boat. I've never came across someone saying the devil isn't real. Like, bitch, what? Girl, what What the fuck are you talking about? Like, what are we doing? Like, I know you want to be this like super, what is it? Sex positive and, you know, womanistic type of uh, person of God. But we have to just speak facts we just have to speak facts and whether you want to say it's facts or not these are facts okay so anyway so she goes on to give me um this person gives me uh and mind you the person i'm referring to is just someone who was on the same ig live as me and decided to reach out to me personally to have this conversation so a complete stranger and what we had in common was attending this uh live at the same time So then she gives me a link to something that's titled Spiritual Beings Series and is the Satan and Demons, right? I never clicked on it because I just didn't really care enough. But she says this is a number of literary styles within the books of the Bible and much of it is not to be taken literally. So her whole point is to say that the Bible is not a literal text. These are stories, these are allegories, analogies, parables, all to um, complete a purpose. So therefore the devil isn't real, right? So that's her stance. So I'm just like, you know, I understand the concept of analogy. I understand the point of one, right? But the specific term of devil that isn't real, you know, maybe she's like, are you saying this because the term devil wasn't used in the Bible or isn't used in the Bible? Are you saying this because Satan and Lucifer are the words to describe the devil. Um, So sure on the note that the devil isn't real, but Satan is, yeah, devil and Satan are interchangeable. So that's what I'm saying. Like the devil, whether you want to be specific and say the devil isn't the, the name that's used in the Bible for Satan, for the other side, for the enemy. Um, either way is interchangeable. And I said, I think it's confusing when people say the devil isn't real because it then, it then challenges if God is real. 
I see it as if there's a God, then there's a devil as well. If there's good, then there's evil lurking at the same time. So she goes on to say, I can see what you mean. And it is certainly confusing if you aren't reading the Bible for yourself, which is like kind of a dig, but okay. Like I could still read the Bible for myself and still believe that the devil is real. But look, maybe there's another lens that I could look at it in to further understand what she's saying. It isn't just a devil. There are many names and they all stand to describe the spirit. So now here's the thing. A lot of, um, a lot of times when we, a lot of people in the new age spiritual movement don't use the term God. They don't use the term Jesus or not the term, but the name Jesus, the name God. They specifically say spirit. So spirit is is speaking to me right now. Spirit is telling me this right now. They say that instead of saying God gave me a message or the Holy Spirit um, instructed me to do this. So she finally says the real danger in personifying Satan is that we externalize the spirit and separate it from ourselves. So here's, here's more of this like mumble jumbo thing. Like, bitch, I'm a whole English major, English teacher, writer, comp writer. Like, I know what the fuck you're trying to do here. And it's not working. I'm not externalizing Satan. Like, and her point of what that means is for those who may not understand what she's saying by that is to say that we all have a devil inside of us. Like we all have a bad side, right? You know, we all have moments when we are jealous, when we are angry, when we are envious. And so that is a personification of the devil, uh, she found she finalizes and says, thus, we overestimated its power and underestimate our power as God's children. Moreover, we relinquish not only our powers, but accountability. OK, so now that final point is then giving the argument of, um, you know, oftentimes when people sin, you know, whether it's it could be any sin. A lot of people like to use, a lot of Christians in particular, I'm going to just be specific to Christians. Um, a lot of Christians would like to use the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. <laughs> and I definitely used that a couple of, a couple of times. <laughs> no, I definitely did use it a couple of times. And I understand her point. Like when we say the devil made me do it, we lack accountability. We lack to say, you know what? I made that mistake. I hurt you. I did you wrong. And I'm sorry for that. I recognize my wrong. I recognize this flaw and I will, and I am actively working on this. Um, when we say the devil made me do it, it, it erases any possibility of accountability. So her point is to recognize that we all have a Satan within us. And I get her concept, right? I get the concept, but to then act like this is not a separate entity is demonic for me. Like, that's how I see it. Like, it's demonic to deny the existence of the devil. And, the, and specifically, why is demonic to deny the existence of the devil is because the devil is deceptive, you know how the Satan, Lucifer, however you want to call him, the enemy is deceptive. The goal that he has is to lie, cheat, 
destroy you, kill you ultimately, right? He wants to manipulate your way of thinking. He wants you to question the 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 will that God has placed in your life. He wants you to feel unsure about the plan God has for you and teeter somewhere else. He'll show you a little carrot and think that, oh, if I just tease her with this, right? If I deceive her with this flashy lights, with this material good, with this handsome partner or or sexy partner, whomever, I will get her closer or further away from God's plan for her. The goal of the devil is to deceive you. That's really what, that's the first step. How can I deceive you? How can I stray you away from God's plan for your life? That's the that's the goal of the devil. And when we deny that, when we deny the existence of the devil, when we deny the power that he has, he does have power, not more power than God, but he does have power. And with his power, he could deceive the shit out of you. He can make you question God's love, dying, unconditional love for you. And with that deception, you will fall down a path that God did not want you to fall down in. But because of free will, that is just the path that you're going to go on until you make the choice to go back to God. Hello, I'm preaching. Hello? <laughs> That just came, Holy Spirit, like literally that just came out. But the point of what I'm saying is it is demonic to deny the existence of the devil. And when we like to um, take it upon ourselves only, right, it's good to, uh, you know, take on accountability. It's good to recognize your flaws as a human being. We are flawed. We will make mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. But there are bigger forces that we can't see that we are fighting daily. We have angels sent from God that's doing the battle for us in the supernatural world, in the invisible world. But here in the physical realm, right, in our human flesh, we are having to do our best, right? Having to follow the plan that God has set for us. But sometimes we may trip up. Sometimes we may fall. And the moments when we fall, the moments when we stray away from God, that is when the devil's work and his power sets more into our hearts and into our lives. So look, I'm saying all this to say, her saying the devil isn't real, and many people who were agreeing, and this late, this woman who, and I, I never responded after that. I just wanted to just see what she said. I just did not want to keep on going down with her because she kept on just talking more in this English literature type of feel. Like, sis, this is the devil is not a concept. Let, let's just stop right there. The devil is not a concept. He is very real. He. I'm not saying be afraid. As soon as you wake up, before you go to sleep, like, no, you know, with your, uh, just don't be a scary person. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm really not trying to scare anybody. I'm really not. But to deny his existence is being a damn fool. Don't be a fool, okay? So, devil isn't real, it's demonic. <laughs> That's not okay. Um, also saying hell isn't real. I mean, come on. Look, I know, I know that as a Christian, as someone who grew up in, in the Christian faith, who grew up going to church several times a week, who was active in her home church, who had, you know, revered her church family as family, 
Um, there is definitely a common place, a common experience that many Christians like myself have experienced when it comes to hell, when it comes to description of hell. And, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to burn in the pits of hell. And it scared you, right? It, It makes you afraid. It makes you not want to even question God because, oh my gosh, if I question him, I'm going to go in the pits of hell. Look, I, I understand. And I agree that the way that some of us were taught Christianity was so centered around fear that it, it erased any possibility for us to even have a relationship with God. Like, what do you mean a relationship? When I was younger, it was never about, it was never about relationship with God. It was simply about following these religious practices, following these religious ideas. And more often than not, growing up in a Haitian church, more of these religious practices were rooted in our own Haitian culture and traditions. And so when I say that, I mean, women were not seen as respected authority figures um, outside of the home, you know, outside of the role as a mother. So when you, when there's a, a young woman or even a an older woman who wants to play more of a authoritative role in the church, they had to go through, you know, leaps and valleys to get that, to get that title, to get that workshop led, to get any type of recognition and respect as a leader in the church. So I understand how many of us were raised to not even have a relationship with God. Instead, we got to follow these rules. We got to be so custom made. We have to follow these commandments. We have to follow this, um, this dress code. God doesn't like you if you, if you wearing pants and you're a woman, if you're a girl, you know, it's just, it was a lot. Right. And all of that was wrong. Like that doesn't take away the, the wrong choice that that was to, to raise up children in the faith. Uh, I also think it's just a way to get people in line. You know, if you want your child to respect you, oftentimes people will do whatever it takes to scare that child. (laughs) So the child has no choice, but to respect you. So how, how can you now tell me to have a relationship with God when I'm afraid of this God? This God, you're saying this God is loving, but he has a wrath like no other? You're saying this God, you know, has unconditional love, but if I desire the opposite sex, I am burned? Or the, if I desire the same sex specifically, I'm burned? Like, it, it's a little contradictory. And Look, I'm saying this with sensitivity in my tone and my voice as much as I can, but I'm just explaining the the thoughts and the realities that many people like myself has had when it comes to the Christian faith. Now, with all of that being said, to say hell isn't real is demonic. <laughs> like, look, I can say all that I've said of, you know, it's not okay to fear monger people. It's not okay to base the relationship that you, or to base who God is in fear, right? You know, you should be able to come to God with your concerns, with your desires, with your worries, with your thoughts, with your ideas, all of that. It should be a relationship and hell is real at the same time, right? 
I, and what I mean by that, you know, because I don't like to provoke uh, fear mongering. I really like, I really hate fear mongering anything. So I'm trying to be careful with this while still adhering to the reality that hell is real. Like we have to just be honest, you know, it's not to scare you. It's not to make you feel afraid at all. It's just to recognize the reality. How is the devil real, but hell isn't right? Like we have, it's demonic to say that hell isn't real. It's demonic to say the devil isn't real. They're both real. Okay. And if you don't accept Jesus Christ, (laughs) let me stop. I'm not trying to scare nobody, but that's the, that's just the reality. Okay, whether you want to believe it or not, it's the motherfucking reality. Okay, um, so that was just a couple of things that held me reserved from further diving into this new age spirituality practice. Another thing was, um, the term spirit, you know, I said earlier how these, um, new spiritual, new age spiritualists, they don't use God. And I don't even like, like, I mean, I'm a little bit more accepting to people saying the universe, right? I used to just feel, I used to be super religious, y'all. Like, and mind you, super religious and still sinning the fuck out of sin, okay? Like, huh? But super religious, super judgmental, and, you know, praise God. Praise God that I'm not like that anymore because there's so much freedom in not judging people, and not judging myself and and not thinking that God is loving me based off of condition. Because like I said earlier, you know, when you are, when you are raised to believe that God loves you, if you follow these rules, you want to follow these rules and you then forget really who you are. You then forget what or don't even know what it looks like to have a relationship with God. And then you feel like you're falling short every time because damn, I didn't, I, I fucked that nigga again. <laughs> like, damn, I said I was gonna, you know, stop fucking until marriage. Mind you, I'm 20 saying this. Like, bitch, th- girl, I mean, God felt God was saying that to me. Like, girl, come on. <laughs> but let's like, you know, and so when we don't have that relationship we're not coming to God in our full honesty, in our transparency. We're not coming to him and telling him what, you know, what, what's going on, okay? I be having real conversations with God and it's a blessing. So I'm just so grateful that I am free from this religious, strict mindset that I had for um, for what it looks like to be a Christian, for what it looks like to be a believer for so long now. So praise God for deliverance. Um, spirit is a term that many new age spiritualists use. And I used to be okay with, well, I am kind of okay with universe. I guess I got used to it, but the term spirit still rubs me the wrong way. And I'm hearing it more than I hear universe. So maybe I'll get used to spirit after a while (laughs) because I used to not like universe. But the reason why I don't like spirit is they would just replace God with spirit And all of these replacements, you know, all of that just makes me wonder and question why? Why can't we say God? Or why can't you say God? What is it about the name God that is not moving through your lips? What is about the name God that is keeping you from saying it? 
and feeling it and feeling his presence. Like, what is it about that? Because why can't you say God? So to say spirit is, is what? What is a spirit? What spirit are you operating from? You know, when we say God, we mean God, you know, I mean, typically we mean God, you know, the father of Jesus, you know, you know, father, son, Holy Spirit, God. Right. So I thought when people say spirit, they're just saying God, but in by saying spirit instead, because a lot of people are turned off by saying God, because sometimes, you know, a lot of people who are not religious, not even, but who's not a believer of God, it's often because they experience trauma in their life and they question how can a God be just and good and holy and loving and allow for this trauma to happen in my life, right? And I get that. I get that. My heart goes out to anyone who feels that way because it's, it is hard when you go through something traumatic and when you are currently going through something traumatic and you question God, you know? So I just, you know, I'm still unraveling um, or unraveling my thoughts around that. But the point is a lot of people who do say that feel like, you know, God can't be real. So let me just um, shy away from this, from this name and say spirit instead. It's more mainstream. It's more acceptable. And I mean, maybe not even mainstream because, you know, whatever, but more mainstream enough where it's not rubbing anyone the wrong way. So she says spirit a lot and she's, um, and I remember asking her like, you know, why do you use the word spirit instead of God? <laughs> like I'd be asking these questions like, cause no one else is asking questions. Hello. If you're trying to deliver us from a, a colonized perspective when it comes to religion, right? Because that's often, that is the take that many of these new age spiritualists are taking. They want to decolonize, decolonize your faith. They want to decolonize your worship, your, your, your mindset when it comes to, to, um, to faith, to God. And I get that. I understand that. But I also want us to be mindful of what is really going on. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of creepy. We just saying that right now. But what is really going on? You saying the devil isn't real, hell isn't real, all of this, and you not saying the, the name God, you're instead saying spirit. What's going on? What's going on is you're opening the door for the devil who isn't real to have a role in your life. You're opening the door for the devil who isn't real to have more access in your life. And you know what that looks like, though? It's not like, you know, typically we have this image of what the devil looks like. And maybe he does look like that, you know, the, the red, the horns. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Look, I don't know. But the point is with the devil, because it's a spirit, just like how God is a spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit. The devil is a spirit as well. The devil has a spirit. The spirit could be embodied by different human beings at different times, right? Oh, I saw the devil in his eyes. Oh, I saw something in him that didn't feel right. It was demonic. Him or her, you know, I'm keeping this, you know, gender equality, yes, you know? Um, so the devil could be, uh, the devil is a spirit. So the devil goes into 
he can. If you give the devil access to to you, he can um, take over, embody your body, and all of that. So the point is, when we deny the existence of the devil, we fail to be alert at all times. And when we're not alert, we allow for a door to open where he can have access to us, where he can come closer to our hearts, come closer to our minds, come closer to our relationships and wreck it and deceive us and lie and cheat and destroy and kill us ultimately. That is his goal. So when we are not alert, when we deny the existence of the devil, when we deny the existence of hell, when we deny the existence of demonic spirits, what's really going on? You're taking me down this path with you because you're possessed. So (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't wanna say that word. But you may not be fully aware of what's happening to you. You may be deceived yourself. And so what does a deceitful person do? Deceive others, right? Make you more deceived. Make you believe more of the lies that they're telling you. And the devil is smart. Like we don't... We, when we deny the devil, right, we deny his ploy. We deny the way he goes about his tactics. I'm not just going to come, come before you with no, with no hard, convincing evidence, right? Let's go to the word real quick. Look, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm in my bag right now because I really feel like someone needs to hear this and that someone is me and everyone else, right? So I'm in my bag right now, and I want us to turn to Genesis. Let's go to Genesis. <laughs> I'm definitely in my bag. Child, you know, dust the Bible off, okay? You could use your Bible app. I know everyone has a Bible app, whether you believe in or not. Go to that Bible app. Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17. We're going to start off with this verse, Okay. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So with this verse here, you know, a lot of people know the Adam and Eve story, right? Um, What this verse is telling us that There is a tree. There was a tree that God instructed for Adam and Eve to not touch, to not eat, to not get near of, stay away from this tree. And it's very important for us to recognize the name of this tree. The tree is called the tree of the knowledge. Let's sit on that knowledge. Okay. And this kind of goes back to the phrase of Curiosity killed the cat, right? Curiosity, you know, I like to learn. I like to learn more. I'm curious. I'm curious, right? Sometimes when we're too curious, I'm saying this for myself too, right? I'm preaching to myself. But when we allow our curiosity to dive into different realms and different avenues, different paths that we shouldn't really go down in, we expose ourselves to eventually be deceived, to eventually fall into the pits of what the devil wants for us to do, right? So, and ultimately we die, right? I mean, we all die mortally, right? But our spirit dies. Our spirit is now 
in turmoil, is damaged, and we need Christ more in that state. But when we are, um, when we fall under the deceit of the devil, we then feel like, well, you know, now I got this knowledge, right? When we think about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it really is more, think about, when we think about these new age spiritual practices, a lot of times people who are in this, in this movement, in this practice, they think they are, awake, right? I'm woke. You got to wake, you know, awaken your third eye. You know, they have this type of superiority complex when it comes to life and how to handle it, how to grasp it. Like, hey, look, I got this knowledge. So I know how to, you know, create millions. I create the life that I want for myself. I get what I want. I attract what and who I want. And I use this, I use that. And all of this, here's here's where the deceit lies. Because, okay, you do law of attraction, right? You think positive thoughts, you think really positive about X, Y, and Z, and that X, Y, and Z comes comes into fruition. And it's like, oh my gosh, this this works. This law of attraction works, right? But the point is, when that comes into fruition, at what cost? At what cost? What is the devil then taken away from you in that time when you get that millions, when you get that promotion because you decided to follow a path that the, that God did not intend for you to follow? At what cost did it take for you to gain fifty thousand in your in your um in your pay raise? At what cost? So just think about that. You know, I'm just saying, think about that because oftentimes when we are practicing, you know, I'm saying we because I like to you know make sure that. I'm not preaching at you. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I have done these things. I have been in complete curiosity and um, just in play of these things because bitch is fascinated, right? But the worry about fascination is it, it could lead you down a scary path that God did not intend for you to experience, which is why he told Adam and Eve from the beginning, from the get-go, from the gate, to not even go there. Don't even go there. And sometimes when we let our curiosity go there, we fail to see the protection that God has already given to us. But we just want to see what's going on. We just want to see what's behind that door. Can we just see what's behind that door? And that's the problem. So this brings me to Genesis 3, verse 1 through 7. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But if you guys are interested, take your, you know, take some time to read it yourself. But this is Genesis 3, verse 1 through 7. If you're on the Bible app, it actually starts off, it gives a little title and says, The Fall. Okay. So now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, see, already right there is an example of the devil's way to deceive you to make you question God's will and God's plan for your life. Instead of just fully confident in who God is and what his plan is in your life, we are questioning it. We're questioning the the actual execution of that plan. We question when God says, oh, look, I'm going to make you a homeowner in a couple of months this this is gonna happen but 
you're, you know, you want to believe in God. You want to have this naive faith. And, I, and I'm saying naive purposefully because when we think about being a child of God, we should have a childlike faith. And when, when I say childlike faith, you know, when you are, when your parent, your physical parent here on earth is, is, um, you know, telling you something, you know, giving you a promise, you know, telling you, Hey, I'm going to take you out to eat. I'm going to take you to the toy store. I'm going to, you know, whatever it is that, you know, parents do parenty, right? (laughs) You instantly believe your dad. You instantly believe your mother. You don't question them because you just believe and know that they will take care of you. You know that they will do whatever it takes to make you happy, to make you, to make you comforted, to make you safe, right? You don't question it. Um, but sometimes when we get older, we, we question it. We question their intentions in our life. We question um, what the point is. Like, why are you always protecting me? And why are you so overbearing and all this stuff? And we question that. And the, the instant faith and belief that we have that we had in that parent suddenly dwindles because life happens and we question, you know, just the authenticity of this parent. I'm just going off, right? So anyway, um, when we question God, that is the work of the devil. The devil wants us to, or Satan, whoever, however you want to name him, wants us to question if God is really who he say he is. If God really is this faithful being, this, this provider, this, this omniscient, this caretaker, this lawyer, this counselor. And he's all of these things. God is all of these things. Yo, I'm child. I did not come to preach today, but maybe I did. Maybe I did came to preach today. Hello. So he, the, so the serpent asked, um, the woman Eve, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And it's like, yes, nigga, the, you heard him, <laughs> but look, I'm not. And look, I think, you know, Eve gets a bad rep. <laughs> she gets a bad rep. And it sucks because, okay, we get it. Because of Eve, that's why we have childbirth pains. That's why labor is so excruciating. I get it. F Eve, right? We want to be like, yo, Eve, if I see you right now, blah, blah, blah. But let's be honest here. How many times have we fallen for the, the for the lies of the devil? How many times have we fallen for that nigga who keeps texting us and we said, we're not going to text back. We're done. It's over. And then next thing you know, you're in his bed again. The point is anybody is susceptible. Oh, I said it right this time. Look at God. But anyone is vulnerable to get, I don't say it again. Because sometimes the second time you say a word, it's like, oh, fuck. So I said it right. Run it back. I said the word right. Um, but anytime we think we're strong, we're not we're not, y'all. We're we're weak as fuck. We're weak as fuck, yo. I'm weak as fuck. Like, and in our weakness, that's when God's strength expands more. In our weakness, that's when his strength reigns. That's when we just surrender to him and he does what he needs to do in that moment, right? So, um, I have grace for Eve. Yes, it sucks that, you know, there's childbirth pains and there's labor pains and all that. But, uh, look, any one of y'all would have fallen too. Okay. Let's just be honest here. Okay. So she says the woman, so Eve says we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. So then the devil says, 
you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And I just want that to sit with anyone and everyone listening to the sound of my voice right now. I'm going to say it again. This is Genesis 3 verse 4 that I'm reading, 4 and 5. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Okay. Whew. Now, why is that powerful? And why did that hit me like a ton of bricks? It hit me because a lot of times when we operate in our lives as if we are God, as if we are the God of our lives, as we, as if everything that is before us because we said it so, we tend to forget who God is and we tend to give, we tend to forget to give him praise for all that he has gotten us through, right? I'm just putting my hand up right now, praise God, because, um, with eating, with touching the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, with um, eating from the tree, with even touching it, with looking at it, right? With being um, in, in, indulge, um, indulge, no, indulge, that's it. Indulge into it. It opens your eyes. It does open your eyes, right? It does open your eyes and makes you feel like you are powerful. Because I think about the different practices in new age spirituality and ultimately the goal is to awaken the God in you. That is what all of these practices have for you to, to experience, to awaken the God in you. Okay. So let's think about yoga for, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even here to really demonize yoga, but let's just talk about yoga real quick. Because sometimes I do yoga. <laughs> I'm just saying this. But um, with yoga, if you notice, but I'm going to be specific to kundalini yoga. I haven't done that. And I know with that, it awakens from what I've learned. It's um, the goal of kundalini yoga is, is that, you know, it awakens your spinal chakra, something like that, where if you are fully invested, I think it sounds so weird, be- not weird, but like, it's hard for me to really understand how to articulate it because I'm still understanding it. So if you're interested, just simply Google Kundalini Yoga and learn it for yourself. But from what I gra- gathered, it's uh, it's just a spiritual practice that is connected to your your inner God or um, is helping you to open and awaken your inner God. And the point of what that is and the reason why that's detrimental is when we do that, we think that we are God. And I know, you know, the often statement or the argument, the counter argument would be, well, God created you in his image, so therefore you're God, right? Yes and no. And his, I'm still like kind of, you know, working everything out, which is why I'm probably sounding like this. But yes and no, right? Yes, we're creating his image, right? We're Think of it as spawns of God in in the positive way. I know people say spawn of Satan, but I'm saying like we are children of God. Okay, we are from Him. We are from the Creator, right? If you believe, right? Um, but we are not the God. We are not 
the one who created heaven and earth. We are not the one who created skies and we're not that God. You know, we're not that. And when we sometimes in these practices of new age spirituality, it makes you feel like you are that. It makes you feel so powerful that you forget who God is and you become a little bit too voiceful and arrogant in thinking that, oh, I got this. I don't need to get praise to God. I get praise to myself. And, you know, that's just a little problematic. And my point is like with that, you know, I think, you know, I I don't want us to have this low perception of us, of ourselves, when we just live. Because um, oftentimes with Christianity, with songs that we sing in praise and worship, it is about decreasing yourself and increasing God. And I am not worthy. I'm undeserving. God is, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm, I'm nothing, right? And I don't like that. I really don't like that, that, um, that type of praise and worship or that type of, uh, worship period. I just want us to have some recognition on who God is, right? I just want us to understand the, the, the entirety of who God is. And when we focus more on the power that we can cultivate within ourselves, that's the workings of the devil because it makes us denounce God and it makes us feel like we're just as powerful as him, if not even more powerful, right? We're just as great as him and we're not. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying you're not God. You're not just as great as God, right? You may have um, examples in your life, in your behavior as someone who practices the teachings of Jesus, right? That may be present in your, in your relationship, in the way that you operate. And that's beautiful, but you're still not God. So when we have that check, when we check ourselves, that is what we need to do. But with these practices and new age spirituality, the devil doesn't want us to check ourselves. The devil doesn't want us to remember who the fuck we are and who and who God is. God is. Um, so when we do that, we we are denouncing the the omniscient, powerful God. Um, so with these practices, you know, Reiki, astrology. We, we feel empowered. It's empowering. Think about these practices. If y'all just think a moment to, if you are interested in or have, you know, uh, explored with any of these practices, they're really about the power within ourselves, right? About pushing the power that we have in our own flesh. And that's empowering to know, wow, my healing hands has healed you from this ulcer, by doing this practice of Reiki, you know, uh, my intentions, my thoughts has healed you. That's empowering. And at one point you're going to think, I don't need to pray to God about this. I got it. My law of attraction is enough. I, I attracted millions into my life. I attracted this new promotion. I attracted this car and this fine gentleman or fine woman. So what, what do I got to go to God for? So just think about all of these things when we are engaging in new age. Oh, 
some kid getting kidnapped sorry <laughs> that's horrible I, I pray that they find this child but let me just get back to this episode okay i just want us to understand that there is a underlying plan there is a manipulation there is a deception being had when we practice new age spirituality I say all this to say, just be careful. Be mindful of how far you go into it. If you are curious like me, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say, don't do any, don't do, do, don't do this, don't do that, don't do any of this. I'm just saying this is what I have gathered over some time. And, you know, maybe this is for somebody. Reach out to me if this is for you and you just learn something. Cause I love to hear your experiences or your take on this but it's just you know it's just it's just a hard it's a hard topic you know I love hard topics I love talking but it's um it's hard because like I said before a lot of times when people have decided to to stray away from Christ from the teachings of Christ from God from the Bible is often because they have experienced so much pain and turmoil and trauma in their life that they question the existence of God. And that makes my heart break. That makes me very sad that what you experience in life has been so horrifying that it has taken you away from the love of God. And I say all this to say, Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from God. So if you are in deep in new age spirituality and you feel like something tugging at you to kind of, you know, back up from this, tugging at you to just let this, let this be, let it go, move on, stop, stop going to this lie, stop going to this. And this is tugging at me, right? I'm speaking to myself literally right now. Um, just listen to that, listen to that tug and just ask God for yourself. And I'm all about do you boo. (laughs) Like I can tell you everything. I could tell you don't walk down this path because this path I've gone through this path. And this is, this path will take you down a, uh, you know, um, a rocky hill and you're going to fall down a cliff and all this is going to happen. Don't go down the path. I know the path is light. Right, it looks like it's lit, right? You, you look at the nice mirrors. Wow, this path is beautiful. And the next thing you know, you take the next step and then you're falling down. You're falling down. So I just, you know, I just want us to be mindful and just know know God for who he is. Don't allow other people, don't don't allow me to tell you what to do. Don't allow me to tell you what to do. Just um, with what I said, let it be, enough for you to go to God himself that's it go to God don't come to me go to God okay I mean I'm always here to have a conversation so if you are interested in having a conversation respectfully please hit me up you know follow God built this pod at at, on Instagram (laughs) make sure you are following that profile you have subscribed to this podcast And you are giving me five likes. I appreciate any support. 
So I'm going to wrap it up here. This is an hour. I'm so, <laughs> these Podmas episodes are intended to be short and sweet, you know, going with the flow of whatever topic I want to talk about. But there's a reason why this needed to be longer than the usual Podmas episodes. And I hope that somebody got something from what I said. Because <laughs> I know I said a lot, but I hope somebody got something. So on to tomorrow's episode. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Thank you.